Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You won't know mess until you know what's good. You can't recognize greens that won't cut it until you've had some show enough collard greens. Can I get a witness? Everybody can't make barbecue. So if you want to know God's word, you immerse yourself in God's word with somebody who's going to teach you the truth and thank God we're in a place where the truth can be taught. Let's give God praise. Oftentimes we think because we know who God is, then that is enough. But he desires a relationship. Our church founder, Dr. Les Smith, is back for a special word out of Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, entitled, Knowing Christ, an intimate relationship with the Savior. Let's listen as Dr. Smith explains. Our mission is to know God and to make him known. The challenge that you have is that may just be a mission statement. Mission gives us purpose. Mission gives us a reason for existing. Vision tells us what mountain we're climbing. Mission tells us how to get there. It's not enough to know about Christ. I doubt there's anyone in here who doesn't know that Jesus is Mary's baby, that he was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, that he walked the earth for 33 years, that he died on Friday and he rose on Sunday, and he's the savior of the world. Good stuff, those are facts. But knowing Christ is not just facts. I know Glennon. I know that Glenn is a twin, maybe you didn't know that. I know that her mom is Annie Brown, that she has a sister Canvas, and that she dotes on her grandchildren. These are the facts. But knowing Christ intimately means translating facts into faith. I know my wife intimately. I can finish her sentences. She's generous to a fault. She does not care for dogs. She loves spending time in God's word. She loves her family. She cries when others hurt and she will move a mountain to help you if she can. We've been connected for over 50 years. We knew the very night we met that we were supposed to be together. Never asked her to, to marry me. I'm sure I've shared that with you. Never did, it was just understood. And over these years, I have come to know her. And the more I know her, the more I love her. There are times when she drives me absolutely up the wall with the same things that make me love her. I said she's generous to a fault, but she gives the store away. Knowing Christ. God put it into perspective. Jesus himself, he said, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So your whole eternity rests on knowing Christ. 
understand you cannot know God if you don't know Christ. Now, our text today gives us four prerequisites, and I'm going to run through them to help us to know Christ more intimately and to serve him more consistently. But if I were to give you the sermon in a nutshell, it would be this. A right relationship with Christ will cause you to look at your life in a radically new way. Once you are intimately related to Christ, nothing will ever be the same. If you don't leave with but one nugget, leave with that. Your life will never be the same. Now, Paul wrote this letter from prison. And, and if you know anything about Paul and his writing, he's an audacious brother. And so you want to see some of his audacity? Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. He says, finally, my brethren, let's stop right here. Paul just declared himself to be a preacher right off the bat. Because he goes on and writes two more chapters after he says, finally. <laughs> Haven't you heard the preacher say, I'm going to say this and I'm going to run on to my seat. But the brother never gets to the seat. So Paul is saying, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to run on to my seat. So what does he say? He says, rejoice in the Lord. Come on, Paul. Give us a break. This guy is shackled in prison. He's eating bread and water. He's having a life that is deprived. And he says, rejoice. What does that tell you? I tell you is that joy has nothing to do with your circumstances. That some of you are having a difficult time right now and you cannot find the place to rejoice. Paul says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, I'm going to slow down. I'm, I'm old and I get tired quick. So I'll <laughs> say that old brother, he ran out of juice up there. But. So he says, finally, and then he says, to write the same thing again is no trouble to me, and it's a safeguard for you. Wow. Do you know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying the more you hear the gospel preached, the more you hear the word of God exposited, the better it is for you because then when some knucklehead comes up here and preaches, you will know the difference. So you need to hear. Faith comes by hearing. Thank you. Sister Martin said you're too loud. <laughs> well, that's what my wife would do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You won't know mess until you know what's good. You can't recognize greens that won't cut it until you've had some show enough collard greens. Can I get a witness? 
Everybody came a barbecue. So if you want to know God's word, you immerse yourself in God's word with somebody who's going to teach you the truth and thank God we're in a place where the truth can be taught. Let's give God praise. So first prerequisite, and I've got four. The first prerequisite, he says, if you want to have an intimate relationship with Christ, you need to always keep it real. If you want an intimate relationship with Christ, you have to always keep it real. Don't you hate fakers? Fake it till you make it. Unfortunately, we have fakers in the pulpit. And that you need to know who they are. The Lord wants to bless you real good, okay? But he may want to whip you behind in the same way. You can't buy into everything that you hear. So listen to what Paul says. He says, beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision." for we are the true circumcision. Paul is saying that there are real Christians and there are fake Christians. And if you got people who tell you that you need to do something to earn acceptance with God, that's fake. You have to understand that already the scripture says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. So we don't even have anything we can offer. So all we offer is ourselves. So if you find someone that's telling you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, the Judaizers were telling them they had to be circumcised. Paul called them mutilators. He said they're not interested in righteousness. They're interested in their own reputation. You know, I love it when people take the scriptures and they try to invent something new in that passage. You know, if you, if you have your eyes open, you know that's not what it says. He goes on. Beware of the dogs. Okay, so he's, Constance, he's not talking about Bentley. <laughs> Connie has a dog named Bentley. He's Little dog is afraid of his own shadow. Okay. He's talking about mongrels that will tear you apart. If you want your life disrupted, all you need is to entertain false teaching. The good thing about a Bible church is in its name. Bible. Somebody say that with me. Bible. Okay, okay but don't say it too loud, though. Are you friends with your Bible? Okay. Raise your hand if you, no, don't do that. I'm, 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 I'm not the pastor, so, you know. I'll, I'll have Pastor Martin have you raise your hands. Beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision. And then he tells you how you can spot a fake. 
Look at the rest of verse 3. He says, who worship in the Spirit of God. So in other words, he's saying that we worship not just in the flesh, but we worship in the Spirit. That we understand that God is a Spirit and that they that worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. That's how you know a true believer. I, I, I grew up in a community where they had a sanctified church. Y'all ever heard? Okay, they, they had other names, but we called it the sanctified church. And we would go down to the sanctified church, and we would look in the window, and they'd just be carrying on. And then a sister would fall out, and then the brothers would run with a sheep and put over her. And I'm saying, if y'all got all that Holy Ghost in there, who's looking? I'm talking fakes. If the Holy Ghost is all in here, we don't have to worry about who is looking on the somebody's clothes. I sure wish I had a praying church. I'm going to run on, I'm going to run on. I'm, who take pride in Christ. In other words, your brag is on Jesus. Ooh, I, if, if my wife doesn't wear me out with how good God is. I mean, she, she wakes up and uh, opens the blinds and she says, God is good. I'm thinking, okay, but the, Lord, the yard needs cutting, you know. But she's saying, God is good. And then she, she walks around and then she, everything she sees is, God is good. And she takes pride in Christ. And then she puts no confidence in the flesh. She, she, she won't even let me brag a little bit, you know. I said, I said, I said, babe, I nailed that one, didn't I? You, that was the Lord. That was the Lord. So the, so the first thing you have to do is keep it real. Okay, so there, there are a couple of points, sub-points that you might want. Circumcision was a religious ritual. And religious rituals can be faked. Okay, so in the second prerequisite, if you want to have an intimate relationship with Christ, you need to set aside your resume. Okay, listen to what he says. He says, although I myself could boast as having confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he's confident in the flesh, I have more reason. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, and as to righteousness, which is in the law found blameless. This brother had a resume. You know, one of the things that, that I've always been mindful of is that God has blessed me to be able to go to um, school for a formal education. But one of the things that I promised is that I would never stand on that. That if I'm not acceptable for who I am, then I don't want the credentials to be the thing. Sometimes, though, you have to use credentials. You know, when you're calling to the clinic and you need an appointment, you say, I said, this is Dr. Smith. 
They don't know that I'm not Dr. MD. <laughs> they give me somebody to talk to. Sometimes you may need to push your credentials, but Paul's saying, I'm not standing on this. He says, if there's anybody in here who has a right to brag, I have a right to brag. Put your brag away. Nobody's impressed but you. You're wasting your money if you're hiring a resume writer. Because the resume readers already know what resume writers write. <sighs> Couple of points. In the secular world, even in the church, we place too much importance on our resume. If you try to impress people with your resume, remember, you just may not be the brightest bulb on the string. Other people have credentials too. And so you're going to represent your credentials and all you're gonna find is someone else got the job ahead of you because they had a better resume writer. Okay, point number three, and we're gonna rush through this because I didn't want to hold you. I want y'all to tell Pastor Mike, Pastor Pierce Smith just stayed up there. He just stayed up there. Number three, if you, if you want to have an intimate relationship with Christ, you may need to reconsider the value of your assets. If you want to have an intimate relationship with Christ, you may need to reconsider the value of your assets. Listen to what Paul says. He says, but whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them mere rubbish so that I may gain Christ. Either Paul is, a, is an accountant or he's a mathematician because three times in this text, he says, I count. I have counted as loss. I count all things. And then he says, count them mere rubbish. As you get older, life forces you to take inventory. And one of the things that you're going to find is you have way more stuff than you need. And there are lots of people out here could use that way more stuff. But what will prompt us to go and say, how many, last year I went through my suits and I said, well, I'm retired now. I'm not gonna be preaching and, and I'm not gonna need suits. So I went through and I got rid of half of my suits. And then I looked as I got ready for today, I said, <laughs> I said, I'm glad I didn't give them all away. But I don't need all I have. So one of the things my wife is trying to get me to do is to go through and do halves again. Why? Because all I need, I, I, I'd like to make a special request. I have a custom-made suit, it's black. 
Okay. That's the one I'm going to keep. That's the one y'all put me in, okay, when the time comes, okay. All this other stuff is expendable. Paul is saying, I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my intimate relationship with Christ. Not my hobbies, not my possessions, not my job, not my friends. When was the last time that you took inventory and say, this is keeping me from an intimate relationship with Christ? The problem, you can't get to Christ because you have a problem with the people in your family. You, you see, I, I came up at a time when I was convinced that my job was to work 70 hours a week so I could give my family stuff. And I didn't realize that the stuff that my family wanted was me at home. And so some of you are working because you like it. How, how much money, have you ever decided, have you ever thought about how much money you need? And so after you get that much money, you need to stop. Let me see your hand if you got enough money. <laughs> Boom, shackalackalackal. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So, so, so I'm going to give you the tip of a lifetime and that if you write it down, it will change your life. You will know when you have enough resources when it is sufficient to accomplish your God-given goals. That's how you know you have enough money. When what God has instructed you to do, you can do with the money you have. But most of us don't want to set any goals because we like the feel of the fold in our pocket. But you can't beat God-giving. Let me tell you a little story. I told you my wife is generous to a fault. And so I'm taking her out, as I sometimes do, and we're going to have lunch at Saltgrass, one of her favorite places. And it's almost like there was a lady behind the building waiting for us to show up because I didn't even see her. Before I knew anything, she was right in front of me. And then she started doing her spiel. She says, she says, uh, she says I have a job, but I haven't been paid. She says, I live in an extended stay uh, motel and, and uh, I need $14 in order to finish my rent. And, and I'm thinking, I'm going in here to pay $20 for a hamburger. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just, I can't go in, I'm paralyzed. <laughs> so I go in my, so, so I look back at my wife. She says, do you have $14? <laughs> so, you know, that's how she works this thing too because we, she loved to give, but my $14, right? <laughs> 
Okay, so here we are. She said, do you have $14? I, I look in my pocket. I know I have $14 because I just came from getting my, um, getting my car registered, and the guy gave me $23 in change. So I reached in my pocket, and I handed her the $20. And she said, oh, and I can get my daughter some food, too. And off she went. <laughs> and so I'm walking in, feeling a little lighter. And we go and we have our meal and we're just talking and reflecting on what just happened and then it's time to pay. And then the waiter walks up and we have this Landry um, uh, rewards thing and he says, you have a Landry's reward. Would you like to use it? I said, how much is it? He said, $25. <laughs> I said, I gave the lady $20. God gave me the $20 back, and he gave me part of the tip to give the guy who served me. You cannot beat God giving. No matter how you try, don't be like the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler wanted to see Jesus. Many of us want to see Jesus. We run out to the church because we want to see Jesus. This young man had a question. And he said to Jesus, what can I do to earn eternal life? Jesus said, keep the commandments. And he enumerated them. The young man, feeling kind of smug, said, well, I kept them from my youth. Jesus said, all right, let me give you number two. He said, sell all you have and divide it with the poor and then come follow me. The scripture said the young man went away sorrowing because he had a lot of stuff and he had not reassessed his assets. Amity, don't you leave here thinking that you got a pile of money. Are you aware that in the last month on the stock market that investors have lost $46 trillion? Did, did, you, did you hear? Trillion. Not billion, not million, trillion. And I bet that most of them are not tithers. Okay. Let, let, me, let me let you all in on something. Then I'm going to finish. So, I got, okay, I got to finish. Um, did y'all know this, that, that Amity is blessed because the building was paid off, but there are two or three projects that have to be done, and we already have enough money to get all those projects done. Did y'all know that? Praise the Lord. Okay, don't be clapping too quick. Don't clap too quick. Don't clap too quick, because it's in your pocket. Boom, shaka, laka, laka. <laughs> Give it up. Give it up. 
I'm going to run on to the end here. I'm, I'm done. If you want to have an intimate relationship with Christ, find your righteousness in Christ and not in yourself. Find your righteousness in Christ. Listen to what Paul says. And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. I am so glad. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God through faith. Do you realize that when I show up at the kingdom that I don't have to worry about my resume. I don't have to worry about someone vouching for me because all I have to remind the gatekeeper is that when Jesus Christ died, when he bled, when he rose from the dead, and then when he uh, accepted me as I am. You remember Billy Graham used to, used to sing, Just As I Am? So you, you have to realize, I, I come a long way. I, I've come a long way. I'm not, I'm not what I ought to be. But thank God, I'm not what I used to be. But I'm telling you that, that, that we have that in Christ. My righteousness, when, when I go up and I see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, they say, why should I let you in? I know him. <laughs> Oh, oh, but that, that, that's not the big blessing. I know him. That's a good, that's a blessing. What's the real blessing? He knows me. He chose me. He didn't require that I fix myself. There are so many people who, who won't come to Christ because they're trying to get their life together. You're not going to get your life together. You're going to be a mess your whole life. The only thing that's going to make a difference is Jesus Christ in your life. Okay. So the concluding point that I want to make is in an intimate relationship with Christ, you have resurrection power, but there's pain that comes with it. You have resurrection power, but there's pain that comes with it. Why the pain? You, you, guys, you guys listen to the song, I Won't Complain. And he said, Lord, why so much pain? You see, God gives us pain because if without pain, we would think we were all right. We would think life would, but if God kind of jumps in your life and put a little cancer in there, or he puts a little arthritis in there, or he puts a little dementia in there, or he puts whatever he puts in there, he's saying, now, come to me, child, because I have everything that you need. You, I don't want you relying on yourself. I want you to need me. I need thee every hour. Woo!
Now, this is right now when I wish I was a singing preacher. I, woo! I'd mess it up now. I want you to understand there is nothing, nothing like knowing Christ. And once you know Christ, once you know Christ, to give you a little example, I went to tongue-in-cheek ice cream place yesterday to get my wife and me a little dip, single dips. And I made a mistake and got her Rocky Road instead of um, butter pecan. Yeah. Thank you, Sister Smith. And, and, and so she gave me the Rocky Road and I, I got the I also got salted caramel. Okay, so she, she had some of that. But after she was out of the way, I realized that as good as tongue and cheek is, I had a half a gallon of Bluebell homemade vanilla in my refrigerator. And when I was, when I thought she was out of the way, but she came in and caught me with the bowl. What am I trying to tell you? Yes, tongue in cheek is good. Yes, Ben and Jerry's is good. Yes, all that stuff is good. But when you had Bluebell homemade vanilla, nothing else will satisfy. Where are you going with this preacher? Once you know Jesus intimately, once Jesus is the center of your joy, once Jesus takes over your life, nothing else will satisfy. Boom, shakalaka. I'm through, I'm through. That concludes our message for today. And we want to thank you for visiting the Amity Bible Church. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or attend our Wednesday night virtual Bible study, contact us at amitybc.org. Until next time, be blessed.